Stephanie Fowler, known as Design by SC Light, is an artist with a heart for two things, sketching and capoeira. With an architecture background, she took a break and came back strong with fashion illustration and eventually transitioned to urban sketching. Get to know her as we dive into her process, her love for capoeira, and how creating for yourself can be an ultimate source of joy. Listen as we discuss breaking up with your ruler and playing with perspectives, why starting small and making a mess is a good starting point. Perfect painting isn't always without a trace of a brushstroke and having a beginner's mindset and how to keep going. If you want to be part of the conversation, then send in your questions and topics you want us to cover to hello at etrolab.com. And we would love to hear your voice too. So do send in your recording and we'll get them featured in the episode. Hey, this is Jesse, and I'm an artist and studio host for Etro Lab. We believe in your power to create, so we invited artists from all around the globe to inspire you to keep on creating. So join us on this journey and let's celebrate creativity. This is Make More Art, the podcast. Hey, Stephanie, thank you again uh, for joining the podcast. And I'm excited, I'm sure our audience is too. But can you take us through the journey of how you started as an artist? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for having me. Um, I guess quick backstory, I'm kind of born and raised in Calgary. Um, honestly, my art journey started as a, even as a kid. And when I finished high school, I went through this probably 10 year phase of collecting art supplies and being too intimidated to use them. So I always had this vision of painting really big. So I'd, I'd like save up and I'd buy these big canvases and tubes of paint and sketchbooks and I'd buy like the good paper and then I was just too afraid to use it and tear into it because I didn't want to do anything that wasn't perfect so um yeah it was probably we're getting close to 10 years now that I finally got past that so I've got a background in architecture but believe it or not what I started with was fashion illustration and um it was kind of when Instagram was new and Pinterest was new and there was another illustrator that I started seeing her fashion illustrations pop up and they were just really cheerful and they weren't perfect. They were kind of messy and really vibrant and full of life. And I thought like, I could do that. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing that really started to inspire me. And um, my husband, who's a web developer, he kind of said, okay, well, I'll challenge you. And if you can create 10 fashion illustrations, I'll help you make a blog. So you can start putting them online for free. So that was kind of my incentive to start going. Um, and then the other thing that was great with the fashion illustrations was that they weren't very big. So, you know, this is my pencil that's like six inches tall. So I would start with these tiny little fashion illustrations. Mm -hmm. And if they weren't great, they didn't take me a ton of time. And because they weren't enormous, it wasn't a big deal for me to start finally developing this mental skill that I was like, I'll just turn the page and start a new one. So <laughs> that definitely helped me to get going. Um, but yeah, my architecture background really came into play. So around 2015, that was the first time I, I had ever heard the term urban sketching and I kind of stumbled onto that. And that just really kind of brought home like, this is actually what I love, you know, like I'd studied building and construction in school and I've always loved just the look of like street scenes and trees and playing mm -hmm. with perspective. So it kind of progressed naturally from there. So 2015, I moved into urban sketching and that's more or less where I've been ever since. Thanks, Stephanie. That's really interesting that you started out fashion illustration. Of all the things. <laughs> right? Uh, when I was checking your gram, I was like, wow, her, her sketches are really good. And oh, it's very neat as well. That's one thing that I've noticed. 
but fashion illustration and you starting from there, I'm trying to envision it because I didn't really see a lot of those in your grammy. You know, if, if you go all the way back to the okay. beginning, they are there. Yeah, I kind of faded out of them. Mm -hmm. um, probably around 20, 2014, I was starting to maybe lose a bit of steam with it. Um, even just realizing I wanted to put more of a background on my drawings. Right. And then, yeah, 2015, I was trying to start, I wanted to get a little more active on my Instagram and I just found urban sketching. So my, my Instagram handle is designed by streetlight and I shortened that to just DBSL. Yeah. So I, I created this little hashtag for myself that was DBSL draws YYC, which is my, my city, um, Calgary. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of what got me, yeah, really going with the, uh, the urban sketching and the architecture stuff. Okay. I'm going to have to check that out, the fashion illustration. <laughs> I've always been fascinated with artists who can really draw sketches specifically for fashion yeah. it has a different take in, to it and like what you said they're pretty small but I don't know I'm just drawn to that but I've never really tried painting yeah. or drawing well, you know and a funny aside from that mm -hmm. um because I was blogging with these fashion illustrations and I would use kind of hashtags to put it in google not really knowing what I was doing just sort of following what my husband said with web development yeah um but even today randomly now I will actually get calls from uh, retailers in Calgary and I will go and I will do fashion illustration at some of their events so mm -hmm. that has had this really surprising spin-off so I've, I've you know I've done it for like Saks Fifth Avenue um I worked wow. with um Philosophy Skincare uh-huh yeah like some like pretty big names actually David Yerman like the jewelry yeah, yeah. um so yeah like they brought me in to work with them for a day kind of, you know, if there's a Mother's Day or a Father's Day event, you do quick illustrations on site of the family. So that surprisingly had its own little spin off with um, just kind of a career. <laughs> that is great. I mean, as an artist, what are the things, of course, our works, we would want it sort of seen in a, on a bigger scale, like in a gallery, maybe. But being hired by a brand is another sort of way of scaling our art so how how did you end up being sourced by those brands they I would always ask this um one of the hashtags I would use on my blog posts was Calgary Fashion Illustration or YYC Illustrator and so I think the first time it happened I was just like so shocked and I said how'd you find me and she said google and so I just googled Calgary Fashion Illustration and at the time I had the entire first page, it was all of my images and it had built up from 2012 to, I think this was 2018 was when it happened, 2017 maybe. Um, so surprisingly, like all this time I was putting this work in, not knowing what was going to come of it. You know, I was just doing my due diligence and firing it off into the, the void that is the internet. You never know yes. where your stuff is going to end up or who's going to see it. So That is so true. That is so true. I think they... Yeah. They call it SEO. I'm not sure if that would be for <laughs> it. <laughs> but interestingly, so you've always been creative. Yeah, I think it's always been inside me. But honestly, for anyone who's starting out, there was years that it was stuck inside me because I was afraid to just start and do it poorly. Or, you know, like I had this thing in my brain that it had to be perfect. And even 
when I first started painting in architecture, like at first I was a slave to my ruler and with, you know, an architectural background, like we would use scales to make sure your buildings were perfect. And so I had to break out of that. So that was another kind of like growing curve to get past. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I joked that I went through a phase with the architecture where I was breaking up with my ruler so that I would stop trying to draw everything just perfectly straight. And I'm really glad I did. <laughs> I love that breaking up from my ruler. Yeah. <laughs> that, would, that, that would be a good tagline of, an, of a yeah. video profile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that is very witty. I love that you pointed out like breaking away from achieving or trying to achieve perfection because I think it's a common theme with artists we tend to be very critical with our work yeah okay you said that you sort of broke broken up with with your ruler <laughs> and yeah. there was a time that it was stuck in, inside of you how did you really break away from from that yeah, well, I think the the initial band-aid came off. It was definitely discovering this fashion illustration. And um, it was so funny because at the time I didn't draw, but I kept seeing this other artist and I would show my husband and he was just like, you could do that. And he hadn't even seen my work, mm -hmm. but it was the challenge. And I think it was, and I think this is for anyone, like it's starting small and maybe start with like, you know, just a sketchbook that if you're not happy with it, turn the page. I think that was part of my problem too, was that I, it wanted, I wanted it to be perfect, but I was buying these huge canvases because I wanted to create these big masterpieces. Mm -hmm. And that's paralyzing when you don't know where to start or you're worried about making a mistake. Mm -hmm. So yeah, once I was finished with, you know, breaking up with the ruler, the next phase that I went into, I called it make messy. So just sort of make a mess on your page and like, I think a lot of the time people actually have a really good start. You just need to keep going, but it's easy to stop and look and just think like, oh, I don't like that. It's not very good. Mm -hmm. um, just push yourself a little bit further and see what five more minutes on a drawing can do. I think it loosens you up and yeah, takes away your fear a little bit. I love the mess part. I yeah. think <laughs> most of us as, as artists, we, like what I said earlier, very critical with our work and when yeah. Ah, it doesn't it's not that good and it's crap and then you know push ourselves and I think that's in a way good but we also need to be appreciative and give ourselves some grace right um yeah it comes absolutely yeah I also love the part from your story Stephanie that your husband has been <laughs> a major I guess influencer. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean growing up is, has art and creativity something that you have been encouraged to do or you live in an environment where it's, you know, it fosters that kind of mindset that, okay, you're free to create, you, you should yeah. do it. It was always a natural interest. And when I found architecture through schooling, like that was good. But even when I was going through schooling there, it felt like everything was going the way of computer rendering. No one did hand drawings anymore. Mm. So I wouldn't say that I was actively discouraged from being creative, but no, there weren't a lot of voices that were saying like, go ahead and try, like, you know, mm -hmm. there, there's no risk in this. If you just want to have fun, it doesn't have to be a career, which, you know, hopefully it's going to eventually go that way. And it's, mm -hmm. I feel like it's starting to, but yes. yeah. yeah, 
you need a cheerleader. <laughs> yes, I absolutely agree. And it's great that you have your husband. I love the when he said, if you can create this, then I'm going to start a blog post for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was definite incentive. So, you yeah. know. And I wish we, we all had that kind of cheerleader, right? I mean, for, for beginners, it's always, it feels like when you're starting out, there's a lot of like fears of putting your work out there. Yeah. And so w- would you say that that challenge that your husband sort, sort of kickstarted everything for you when it comes to putting your content yeah. or your art out in the open for public to see? Yeah, it definitely helped. And I think part of this was the buildup of, there was this big fear that I'm going to publish my work on the internet and everyone's gonna like make fun of it or tear it down. And actually what happens when you put stuff on the internet is like, no one knows it's there. <laughs> so, and in some ways it's the same, you know, obviously most of us use Instagram now yeah. and my platform on Instagram has built up. So it's it's a decent size now, but yeah, I think it was actually the lack of response initially that also helped with the fear that you're like, oh, well, no one saw that anyways. I am going to leave it up. It helps me to kind of see my own progress. And, you know, I can see things like, oh, I'll change this next time. I'll try a different color or use a different line weight there. Um, but yeah, getting over the fear of posting. I think you think you're going to post it and people are going to laugh at it. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, they probably don't see it at first. So it's not necessarily that you're being ignored, mm-hmm. but you're not quite noticed. So you have all this like space where you can start to build your library, you can build mm-hmm. your portfolio mm-hmm. and your confidence. Mm-hmm. And by the time someone notices, you might actually have a good size body of work up. So I love that mindset, Stephanie. And I, I do hope that for artists or anyone as in beginners who are were listening to this can capture what you just said because of course we all have this fears of you know being vulnerable and then putting our work out there but yours did a different uh turn and when you look at okay not not getting a lot of response and so not a lot of people are seeing it I'm just going to continue doing and posting and like a way for me to track my progress I think that yeah you're absolutely right that that takes that fear away from you because you have that kind of mindset but for others it's the other way around okay no one is seeing it then maybe I should not yeah. go <laughs> so it's no good <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway so yeah that is a really good point now okay so fashion illustration and then you move to urban sketching and this is what okay. I would like to dive into more sure. so how did it all start again when you switched to because from fashion and then like a total I wouldn't say 180 maybe no, like a natural curve I think um yeah well I think because Pinterest was this other thing that I would use to get my inspiration I would see like street style photography for fashion figures uh-huh. and then yeah it seems so funny to me I don't know how because I feel like I was creating for a good three years before I ever heard the term urban sketching. Mm -hmm. And it was probably Pinterest was the search engine that that was the first time I saw one. Right. And it was similar to how I had attached to the fashion illustration that just like, it was so beautiful. And I couldn't even tell you who the first person's work was that I saw, but I think what I liked about it was similar to the fashion illustration. It wasn't perfect. It was kind of messy and you know, like art looks amazing when it's really loose and 
I think I've seen a quote that says like, oh, a perfect painting, you can't see a brush stroke. And I actually don't agree with that. I love when you can just see like random streaks of paint or like a swipe that it just looks like it was done so confidently. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't look like a mistake. It looks deliberate. It looks like it was just, you know, adding character to, to a drawing, whether that's a person or a street. Right. So yeah, but you know, I did go through the same sort of paralysis at first where I was you know, just like looking at all these images of other people's drawings. And then I don't know what the switch was finally to just like, okay, enough, like just grab one, draw it, see what you can do with it. And um, I actually started out when I was doing the, uh, my first urban sketches, I was using markers instead of watercolor paint. Uh -huh. And then just gradually switched over to watercolor paint. And that just, I found that it was really quick because markers kind of they take up a lot of space <laughs> when you're working with them. But watercolor is so small and portable and you know, here's my, yeah. here's my watercolor studio. <laughs> so. you your I was like, I had a similar, but mine is the, yeah. like this one. What yeah. You, yeah, so this has been, always been my travel buddy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. Well, watercolor is great too, because it lasts so long. I, you know, like I've had this palette on the go since 2015 and I've definitely replaced some, but some of them I'm still on the same, like the original little. Right. Thing yeah <laughs> so you said markers and then you switched to watercolor have you tried other mediums aside from watercolor so uh, this is a really recent development um and i haven't put it on social media yet but okay. for the past couple of years i think it's that desire to start painting bigger so mm -hmm. i'm just starting to play with acrylic paint now Ooh. um and this has been really fun and I, yeah, I've been at it for maybe two months, maybe even less than that. Mm -hmm. And it's really funny to kind of have to learn it all over again. Uh -huh. And I'm really aware of, there's a lot of acrylic artists that I admire, but I really want to make sure that I'm not copying anyone or their style. So I'm actually having a lot of fun playing with it. It's not great right now, but I get to decide all over again, like, what do I want my clouds to look like? How do I want to paint my trees? And it's just, it's neat. And this is genuinely this new feeling of like, it's a return to being lost in the process. Like I, I paint and I'm having fun and I genuinely step back and I'm like, that's not that good. <laughs> but I want to keep going because I, like, I know where I started with, with watercolor. I know where I started with all of my other drawing stuff. So it's just like, keep putting time into this if it's calling you, I think is the big takeaway for really with everything you're saying, like if it's calling to you, keep going, keep pushing at it. Cause it's, it's in you. You just need to let it out and let it develop. <laughs> you mentioned keep going. Cause I'm currently reading this book. <laughs> um, it's a gift from a friend. It's keep going by Austin Cleon. And yeah, I have a, a like, couple of his books. Yeah. yeah for art, for, for creatives. Right. And, and yeah. that, like what you said about now that you're enjoying acrylic starting out and you said, that you're enjoying the process, I'm sorry, you're enjoying it more for just the sake of creating it, not really more for the process. Yeah. I love that. I love that, Stephanie. <laughs> because sometimes when, especially when it starts to become a, when you're getting the commission works and all that, it starts to feel like, of course, it's a business now, you know, creative entrepreneurship, but sometimes it's, it's fun to just create. Yeah, and I think that was exactly something that was happening. Um, last year with the pandemic, 
I sell my, my watercolor prints on Etsy and I was surprised, but all of a sudden I started gaining really good traction. Right. Um, and that's incredibly exciting. But what was also starting to happen was that everything I went to paint, it was with this mindset of like, oh, if I'm gonna sell it, it needs to be something that other people enjoy. Mm -hmm. And that was starting to take away from it a little bit. So I think with the acrylic, it is nice to come back to this, like being a beginner again, but also like, it's just for me right now. And there's no consequence if it's not great or, you know, I'm not trying to sell it. So it doesn't matter what it, like what the end result is. I love where this interview is going because I'm getting a lot of like good takeaways from you, Brittany. During <laughs> the process, and then this one that you just mentioned, having the beginner mindset all over again. Yeah. Um, and because when you have that mindset, right, you start to be more open to learning. Because okay, I'm a beginner, and then I would like to learn more. Yeah. No, absolutely. And just the difference in using watercolor versus using acrylic, like in some way, the processes are almost different. Like yeah. I think with acrylic, I have to start with the background and move forward. Whereas with watercolor, I kind of put what needs to be in the foreground first and work backwards. And so, yeah, it's just this really fun, you know, I'm painting something and I'm like, okay, note to self on the next one, do it differently. <laughs> Try this instead. <laughs> That is so good. Um, you're seeing the, you know, the differentiation between those two mediums. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to transition, really, because they are so different. Yeah. Well, and I, I feel like it was calling to me for about a year and I just oh. ignored it or didn't act on it. And then I was kind of doing an art supply run this year mm -hmm. and it was, you know, we were just allowed to go back into art stores and I had someone helping me find stuff and finally like, can you show me the acrylic section? Like I just want to start playing. Like, and so she kind of gave me like a starter kit and brushes and I was like, okay. Finally <laughs> gave in, opened that door. Okay, acrylic. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm ready now. Let's <laughs> okay, so with, with urban sketching, I know that you will be teaching with us sometime in August. Is, it, is that something that you will be teaching uh, with Etcher? Urban yes. Sketching? Oh. Yeah, so um, I feel like the style that kind of, developed out of me especially mm -hmm. once I stopped using a ruler for everything with urban sketching <laughs> yeah. was this natural like play with perspective and mm -hmm. so yeah this is funny so again I have this architecture background where it's like you know buildings are straight lines they're yeah. perfectly proportioned mm -hmm. and once I kind of let that go with my art I started having fun with building shapes and so they're not hugely exaggerated but it gives them kind of life and expression when you're when your lines of your building aren't perfectly straight when they kind of like go up this way or you yeah, know, like you can really play with things. And as weird as this will sound, I've been working on drawings before where I was like, oh, I'm not sure if that's believable. And then I kind of just find this voice inside me now that's like, if you believe it, people will like understand the concept. Like they're not going to be like, oh, that's too weird or something. So yes, um, <laughs> ultimately for my workshop, um, we'll be going back to, um, I went to Amsterdam in 2019 with Urban Sketchers. And so I still have a lot of photos of places that I didn't get to sketch. So I've selected one from my trip. And so when we do our workshop together, um, I'm going to start with kind of a single building. And then as we go to the longer workshops, it'll progress to that, basically that block of houses. So what I want to teach is just a really loose, like two point perspective, mm -hmm. but kind of how to play with it. I feel like you want the, the general rules of perspective just to like put them in your pocket, but you don't need to like live and die by them. 
So if something's not perfect or perfectly right, like that's okay. You're still going to create fun, exciting artwork out of that. Love that point. Even though it's not yeah. perfect and it's still, <laughs> that is, a, and I'm excited for the workshop, um, Stephanie, I'm sure um, our audience and the people who will be signing up will be learning a lot from you, especially with urban sketching. I'm not good at sketching. I've also tried urban sketching. We have one in Singapore as well. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun, really, because more than the painting, you, you, I think you, you touch on this. It's a community of people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of that, another interesting that thing that I learned about you is that you do, I'm sure, I hope I'm pronouncing this name right. This is so new to me, capoeira. Yeah. Is it? Um, yeah, capoeira. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit more how that, sorry, because it's also a form of art, and I would like to hear from yeah. you how that all started. Sure, yeah, that's, um, that's my other love. <laughs> um, yeah, so I started Capoeira in 2006. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it originates from Brazil. It's, um, it was enslaved Africans on Brazilian soil. So it's got a really interesting history and it's not that old, it's about 400 years old. But um, a girlfriend of mine had gone to Brazil and she saw it there and came home and started practicing it. And so she took me to a class I had never seen it in my life and um, just wanted to give it a try. And it's so funny that you say that because there's so many similarities. Capoeira, it's a martial art, but there's a lot of improvisation in it. And um, it's, you're taught to use it like a conversation. So there's no set response to what's coming your way. So you, you play with another person, but kind of like art, like you improve on it by repeating and doing things more. And I actually teach that now as well. Um, but I say to my students in Capoeira, and it's so relevant to art as well, that like your, your style in Capoeira, it's like handwriting. Like everyone, you're going to have just a slightly different style. And like, that's what makes it beautiful. That's what makes it yours. And um, I love that. It's, yeah, no, it's, Capoeira has been amazing. It's definitely also a worldwide community. That's how I met my husband. He does it, he trains as well. Ooh. And um, yeah, we've traveled all over the world now doing both capoeira and sketching so <laughs> i love that <laughs> and you were so good thanks for giving me a background of it i i was sort of researching as well and i saw yeah. that it has been in 2014 it has been um it's a cultural heritage for unesco yeah. i was like wow yeah. and considering it was uh marcus illegal in the 19th century yeah. It was. Kind of on it when I was researching about it and I find it fascinating because it's it's a combination of dance and uh martial yeah. music and you're so good it likes when you would move it's like wow it's so smooth and oh thank you <laughs> and of course it's another form of art so a question for you um Stephanie and I've heard this from other artists as well that when you're doing something like an art and you started getting sort of turning slowly into a business is that you try and look for something else that is sort of like your hobby is that something yeah. that you would agree on or have a different perspective on? um yeah I would say that's really interesting for both honestly um with my artwork it definitely started out for me and it was a dream to you know when I started selling on Etsy mm -hmm. And just to put a footnote there, like I had my Etsy shop open for, I think, nine months before I made one sale. And that was really exciting. So to see where it went last year yeah. was so exciting. And it kind of put me in this like uncharted territory of, mm -hmm. you know, 
like I could do this full time one day, right. um, which is incredible. Whereas Capoeira, it's been like a natural growth and I do teach it now, but I would never seek. There are people that want to do it as a profession or open schools. My husband's mm -hmm. one of them, but I'm, I guess it's knowing where you want to push and where you are content. And so with Capoeira, I will always be happy as a student. Um, I teach it and I like that I can pass it on, but I would never, I guess, yeah, for me, that would remain my hobby. Whereas with art, I think I do see that turning into a career. Yeah. So, yeah. Good, good point of view. Thanks. Thanks, Stephanie. And I re I'm really enjoying this conversation. But of course, I, I think our, our audience would really want to get some sort of like a high level takeaway or overview of everything that we've talked about. We've run through a lot and you've given us a lot of golden nuggets. So if you yeah. could give us like a rundown of what is it like sort of takeaways and major golden nuggets that you would like your audience to take away from this episode, what would they be? Sure. Um, I think like with both of my journeys through martial arts or through painting, um, with both, it's just keep going, keep doing it. Um, you know, it's funny, I said the whole like, break up with your ruler, make messy. <laughs> I think make messy is a really good one because I've had paintings where I didn't think it was going well. And so I'm like, I'm just going to make messy. So it's finished. And then I'm actually really happy with it. So keep that concept of messy mm -hmm. and don't treat anything that you're doing too precious, especially when you're starting out. And maybe that's a lot of us do that, you know, like you buy the nicest watercolor paper and the, the best brushes and paint. And then you're, you're almost like, too scared to touch it because you're going to do something wrong or it's not going to look good. So yeah, I really think if you're just starting out, buy yourself a sketchbook. It doesn't need to be the biggest. Big is almost intimidating. Like maybe go kind of smaller. All of my books now are these like kind of nine by 14, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of have this idea of like making a bunch rather than making one really good one. So in a sketchbook, it's perfect. If my sketch isn't working out and I don't like it, I turn the page and I start again. And that's, I think the biggest takeaway is just keep doing it and have fun, make messy. Yeah. Make more art. Make more art. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, it's been a pleasure having you on. And uh, I really enjoyed our conversation and we look forward to your workshop, your live demo, <laughs> your workshop with us. Uh, I'm sure people are excited after hearing your story, how you started with the fashion illustration into urban sketching. Yeah. It just gives us a more, and then the capoeira, just <laughs> layers of you as an artist. And um, I learned a lot from our conversation. So thank you so much for, for yeah. joining us on this episode of Make More Art. And I'm sure a lot will be encouraged to make more art wherever yeah whichever stage they are on yeah yeah well thank you for having me I, this was wonderful i had a great time <laughs> good to hear thank you stephanie i had the best time speaking with stephanie and it got me thinking how do you keep going with your art do you have your personal art cheerleader and when was the last time you adapted a beginner's mindset Share your stories with us by leaving a comment on the post associated with this podcast at etcherlab.com slash Thank you for finishing this episode. Did it spark something inside of you? If yes, share them with your friends, post them on your socials, and tag etcherlab. Sharing is indeed caring. We would love to hear your thoughts, so please drop us a five-star review on the Apple podcast, or you can find us on YouTube as well at Etcher Studio. 
hitting the subscribe button is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you again next time. Until then, let's make more art.